Hi, my name is Jen Rulon, and you may know me as Coach Jen. After knocking out 15 Ironman triathlons, I am an everyday healthy human just like you. In this podcast, we will discuss how to metamorphosize into an everyday healthy human through healthy physical habits and mindsets, as well as authentic living. Let's transform together in this journey called life and become the best everyday healthy human ever. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Everyday Healthy Human Podcast. My name is Jen Rulon, and you may know me as Coach Jen. Well, today I have a very special guest. His name is Jeff Seckendorf, and I know if you if that is correct, right, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, Seckendorf, yeah. Jeff and I met on uh, a mutual podcast guesting platform, and I really was very intrigued by a, a few things with Jeff, uh, cycling, then along with scuba diving, and then he's got a, uh, a, a passion project that we I definitely want to discuss. So, Jeff, welcome to the Everyday Healthy Human Podcast. Yeah, Jen, great. Thanks, thanks for having me. So, instead of me sharing about you, why don't you share about yourself and give the followers your two-minute elevator speech? Uh, yeah, I had a, a long, long career in the film industry um, in New York and LA, and I did ended up doing like I don't know, close to a thousand TV commercials as a director cameraman. I shot as a cinematographer, um, movies and music videos and stuff like that. And then in my drive to get out of the film industry because, you know, it's not always as glamorous as people think it is. I was trying to find an education project to get out with. And one of my old scuba instructors said, Hey, I want to start a scuba certification and training agency. And this is back in 2008. So I escaped the film business and I started this company, UTD scuba diving, unified team diving, but now it's UTD scuba diving. And we started a global scuba certification agency from the ground up. You know, it's a boutique agency. It's still running strong. I bought it out in 2018 and and kind of reworked it a little bit and rebuilt it and uh, re-energized it. And, um, and we're going strong. So international certifications for scuba at every level from open water through technical diving and cave diving and rebreathers and instructors. And, uh, and so that's, that's been amazing. And then aside from that, I ride a bike, bicycle, not a motorcycle. And that has led me to some really interesting stuff on the bike and a way to combine those two, um, pieces, how I'm coached on the bike and how we coach in scuba. That's where I am today. And that's where you are today. And I will definitely, we'll definitely talk about that because I thought it was very intriguing. So I, you know, I have to ask, is there a commercial or a music video that we may know? That you, you know, I graduated from the <laughs> film industry in 2008. So you start adding up the numbers. That was a long time ago. But I did some cool movies. I did an amazing little film called Judy Berlin, um, which won the Director's Award at Sundance, I think, in 1999 or 2000. And Congratulations. It's this beautiful little film with Edie Falco and Madeline Kahn and Barbara Berry. So um, nice. it's available. You can kind of find it. It's called Judy Berlin. It's, and it, it was sort of a magical film. The only thing I've really done since then is, is I sort of switched from big movies to 
very, very small documentaries where sure. as before I couldn't do anything without, you know, eight trucks and 45 people. And now, now I just like having a camera and a microphone and me, and, um, I've done some really interesting projects that way. Um, sure. We did a documentary taking a bunch of Parkinson's patients to Mount Everest base camp. Oh so that was a God. really interesting film. Yeah. That's um, incredible. Yeah. So I'm doing really, I'm doing stuff that I want to do now. It's really fun. Yes. Well, and I mean, let me ask you this, like, are you taking any of your film and content into the ocean? Very little. Very little. Okay. Very little. Yeah. They're kind of separate. Um, You know, I mean, the scuba company obviously has content and tons of video content and I create a lot of it, but um, it's not challenging from a filmmaking standpoint. Okay. Yeah. No, the challenging stuff that I'm doing on filmmaking now is, is really these few documentaries once in a while when something cool comes up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, it's great to be able to do it and not have to. Yes. It's not a job anymore. It's, it's a, yeah. it's an enjoyment. Yeah. Yes. Very I mean, good. The film industry is weird. Um, for most of the people in the film industry, the part-time job is working and the full-time job is looking for work. And that's the part that kind of drove me crazy. So now sure. I'm happy to be out of that, that rat race also. Sure. Very good. Yeah. So let's talk about your scuba diving career then. And like you said, it's a sport. It's, uh, it's, and so you have to train like an athlete. And so not all my followers are triathletes or runners, but maybe they're Maybe they are scuba divers. Like, can you talk about that? Because I think that's a great way of a twist on scuba diving. Yeah, it's a very technical sport. Um, we call it a motory sport. You know, when we started UTD, it was really, a, it was a group of 10 technical divers and technical instructors who wanted to teach the way we dove. And traditionally, scuba training has been, over the past 20 years, really dumbed down. I mean, you can go find a $99 weekend course and get certified to dive. So it wasn't my model ever. It's just not what I don't appreciate that part about scuba. I don't believe in that part about scuba. I think that we owe it to the people who are in the ocean and we owe it to the ocean to protect it by making good divers, people who don't crash into the bottom, people who understand the ecology and, and people who dive together as a team, because, you know, first of all, it's more fun, but but really it's so much more safer. So we created UTD scuba diving, unified team diving, as we like to say, it's not UTD, go screw off by yourself diving. <laughs> right. um, so, and we made the training about team diving. And then we took all of the technical diving techniques that we know, which is, you know, in the water, horizontal trim, don't touch the bottom, kick without silting it up stay close to your buddy. And we brought those into the very, very basic open water training. So it's all a vertical training system that the way you learn to dive on day one with us is the way you'll dive the rest of your career into caves. If you want to do it deep diving, if you want to do it, rebreathers, if you want to do it, all of that kind of stuff. So we created this sort of vertical training system. It's a boutique agency. We're small. We're keeping it small. The people who join us as instructors are um, passionate about this type of training and creating great divers. And, uh, and the students who come through the system come out the other side really motivated to stay diving and to do the best they can because scuba has a, as an industry, has a problem now with 
with retention. People take the $99 class. They don't learn enough to be safe. They do their one dive in Cozumel and then they, that's it, they're done. So what we're working on really is creating divers who will retain their love for the ocean yeah. and keep going. But then the other half of your question is the training part of it. Um, and this is, of course, what goes to the bicycle. So, you know, I'm, I'm a, a nationally classed master's athlete. I, I race my bike on the track mostly. I'm working on working toward trying to set a national or an international hour record on the bike. How far can you ride in an hour, which is on the crazy side. I've done that once at the San Diego Velodrome. I own the course record there. I own the course record at the World Six Hour Time Trial Championships on a. Uh, and how old were you at this time? Oh, all this is all in the past few years. Well, I was 66 when I did the record at San Diego, the hour record, and I was 67 when I did the cor last course record at the World Six Hour Time Trial Championships. So I have to stop you here because this is a perfect spot of where. You guys, you could start at any age on whatever you want to do, cycling, uh, scuba diving, surfing, right? Like everybody's like, oh, I'm too old for that. No, 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 no. So this is a beautiful moment with you, Jeff, that on my podcast is that you guys, you can start at any age. No, it's true. And I did my first triathlon when I was in my mid 50s. You know, I've ridden a bike my whole life, but I really wasn't, I was a, I was a competitive cross-country ski racer as a kid. Um, and I've done other, lots of other competition things, but I didn't race until I was in my mid fifties. And then I got hooked onto triathlons and, um, and did a ton of them short sprints and Olympics. And, um, which is my favorite thing, right? You're home by nine. So that was <laughs> so pretty cool. So true. So true. <laughs> uh, you know, you knock out your race in an hour and a half and then you're, you're, in, you're having coffee. Yeah, pretty much. But I was going to say with you having the background of cross country skiing, your VO2 is probably darn good. Like no, I'm, you a mortal. You're mor I'm a mortal. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm just a, well, it's interesting. Somebody, somebody, um, an exercise physiologist once described to me that as we age that you know, the giant VO2s of professional cyclists up in the 90s, you know, what happens, we sort of all kind of start to come a little bit together. So, at, you know, as we get up toward my age and things, I think VO2 is is less of a deal, but it's still a deal because I still have to turn the pedals harder than I think I can. Yes, you do. Uh, more important, I think, is the mental aspects of it. 100%. But that's probably a different podcast. I don't know. No, uh, I love the mindset, <laughs> but maybe, yeah. yeah. So keep talking about, so keep talking about scuba diving. Let's go back. So scuba diving and training like an athlete through cycle, oh, not through cycling, but you know what I mean? Talking about yeah, that. Yeah. So we're, 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 we're getting a little bit too <laughs> Get excited. excited. I know. Right. Um, yeah. So, so I have a coach on the bike who does, you know, what you do with your triathletes, right? So every, every week I get a weekly schedule. Every day has got a workout. I got off the bike this morning doing super hard intervals. Tomorrow I've got, I don't know, I think I've got an endurance ride with sprints in it or something. It's very, very structured training. And it's designed to make me not only faster on the bike, but better as a cyclist. And this is the key to coaching. Coaching, like we can all self-coach. Right. I can go get an online platform and get workouts and do the workouts and probably get faster. The difference is having a coach makes you better. 
And it's a huge, huge difference. So when I'm becoming a better cyclist, for me right now, better means better mentally, right? I can do all the physical stuff by getting on the bike and working really hard. Because I didn't come up as a professional athlete, the mental stuff of don't quit is the hardest thing for me knowing that I can go harder and harder and harder. And, you know, even this morning I'm doing these 30 second intervals and the, the idea for this workout is each one's individual, right? They're not cumulative. You just do each one as hard as you possibly can with an expectation that they'll probably get less powerful throughout. But the idea is that the, the structure of that workout is the thing that makes me better mentally. I know it makes me better physically by just doing it, but knowing that I have to do 30 of these for 30 seconds and each one has to be as hard as I can go, regardless of what that is. This is the whole mental training thing that's fascinating to me. And that's for me, the part about cycling that makes you better, not just stronger. So to go back to your question, somehow we keep these threads going. That's okay. In scuba, I took on a new training director when I bought out the company. He's a triathlete, lives in Denmark, and he's also a coached athlete. And I just had this idea that we could take the model that I'm using with my coach and apply that to scuba diving, which nobody else has done. Because in the dumbing down of scuba training over the past couple of decades, the idea is crank the students through as fast as you can. And the holy grail for scuba training is a certification card. So if you have your open water diver card and someone says to you, I mean, we were talking before that you've got a project, a scuba project in Costa Rica, you may be able to work on. Maybe they say to you, well, you've got to be rescue certified or you've got to be advanced diver or something like that. Then people go to their scuba shop and say, I want to be an advanced scuba diver. And whatever that means, it's, it's cranking it out in a weekend. That model made me crazy. So we just took the training model, which is slow. Structure training doesn't make adaptation fast. It makes it slow. And we put scuba into that package. So there are software packages. You're familiar with the one that, you know, I use on the bike called Training Peaks. There's another Training one Peaks, called Today's Plan. They're, they're very similar. Mm-hmm. We just took one of those and we provide, we, we did a little semantic change in scuba diving. So we started calling our, in this program, we started calling our students clients and we started calling our instructors coaches. They're the same people. They just have different names. And we gave them an account at this calendar and communications app which for us has a workout library and the ability to drag workouts onto a calendar. And these clients who are students wake up on Monday morning and they've got a week's worth of scuba stuff to do. It could be an academic chapter. It could be homework. It could be diving exercises. It could be, you know, working on a budget. It could be working on their equipment. It could be anything, but we slow this process down from a weekend or two weekends to maybe months I've had people in the program for over, for years who just stay in coaching. And it's been incredible to take something totally outside the box and give people the option to train in scuba the way we train as athletes 
and know that they're not only breathing underwater, you know, and kicking better, but they're becoming better divers overall. Because we have the time to think out of the box. We have the time to do ecological work. We have the time to work with them on photography. We have all of this thing. And if they need a certification card for some reason, we just get them a certification card, right? We just, they meet the requirements, they pass the class, but then they move on in the training to whatever their goal is. And in that training and in that goal, you know, if they need a card, we get them a card. You know, if you have to be able to go in a cave with a card, we get them a card. But if you just want to be a better cave diver, then we put you in the coaching program and we make you a better cave diver. You know, if you want to be a better diver to hundred feet, 30 meters, you know, and you've been at 60 feet, 18 meters the whole time, well, we can train you to be safe deeper slowly and make you a better diver. And it's a really, really powerful um, process for people and, you know, we're not for everybody because much of the world still wants to go spend $99 and get a certification card. And, and that's awesome. I'm happy to, to uh, condone that, just not for me and for my students and clients and instructors. Yeah, I, I received my PADI certification as a college credit. It was amazing. And so well, that's a great it, way to do it. Isn't it great? Yeah. And I mean, I did it when I was 18. It was my physical, you know, my physical activity, whatever. And it was like, it was the best thing I ever did. And I'd go, I had to go scuba diving. And at that time I'm living in Wisconsin. So we had to go find lakes, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that college course is slow. That took slow, a semester. 100%. It's not a weekend, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's and, the and, brilliant part. And to me, like I, I just sucked it all in and I learned about it and I got excited about it. And that's what it sounds exactly like with your, and I, I've had friends recently just like go get a, a weekend scuba diving and then they're diving with sharks. And I'm like, Oh gosh. Oh, Oh my God. You know, like it's just, but to each its own, you know, you know what? We don't judge. Don't and judge. We're not the scuba police, you know, no, and we're no, we're boutique and I want to keep it that way. I want people coming into the program who want to be here, who want to learn this way. You know, we had one guy came in as a recreational coaching client. We moved him into the technical coaching program. And then I moved him into the leadership coaching program. And he's Amazing. about to become an instructor with us. And it was, it's all very organic. It's like a two-year process, completely organic. Sure. And, and yeah. too, like, I mean, you don't get to your goals of becoming, you know, the, at your age, at, you know, for cycling, you don't, you it doesn't say happen it, overnight. Almost 70. <laughs> almost 70. Yes. But yeah. you know, you don't get there overnight. I didn't get to the Ironman world championship overnight. Yeah. It took a no. process and that's just, exactly what you're doing. And I love it. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. This hour record is a five-year program for me. Right. Right. Yeah. And how you look at it is great. So just because you might not get that immediate result, because that's who we are in society these days, it's not going to happen. Like you guys have to understand it's going to take time and process whatever change you might want to make in your life, whatever that might be. Can you talk about your, um, you're right. We might have to come back for a mindset on another podcast <laughs> because I want you to talk about your Institute of Purpose, because I know this is a really it's a passion project for you. And this Everyday Healthy Human podcast is 100 percent a passion project for me. And I'm loving the story. So can you share a little bit about the Institute of Purpose? 
Yeah. So this came out of a couple of different ends that all sort of found their way together. Part of it was on the hour record bike ride that I'm working on. And the fact that it, when I was doing it initially, it was a very, very self-serving and self-centric process. It was just, I'm going to set this record. I'm going to do it. It was me, 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 me. It was about me. What can I do? How can I do? And, you know, I started looking at that was got to be more to it than that, because it's just not going to be satisfying if I just have to go train this hard for this many years and only serve me. It made no sense. So that was happening. At the same time, a friend of mine was having, we were having coffee and he, we were talking about the bike ride and other stuff. And he's a gerontologist. He works with an aging population. And he said to me that he's got this idea for this company and all he has is the name. And he pulled out the Institute of Purpose. And I just thought that was the best name I've ever heard. You know, I mean, it's kind of like naming the band right? It's like, you're going to name your band. Sometimes you're going to name it first. Then you're going to figure out, oh my God, we need a drummer and are we jazz or are we reggae? We don't have any idea. We just named, we just got a great name for the band. And that's kind of where we were. And I was like, great. What is the Institute of Purpose? And he said, I don't know. He had no idea. I had no idea, but we knew that this was a great name. And I was, I had the, the tools to actually get this thing off the ground, even though we didn't know what it was. So we put a website together. We weren't sure if it was going to be a marketing program for his company, a marketing program for, um, I do a lot of work with the Parkinson's community in San Diego. Was it going to be a marketing community, uh, you know, vehicle for that? We didn't really know, but we started it anyway and we built a website. And then over about a year, we kept changing the website around and having other ideas and be a nonprofit. No, be a this, no, be a that, no. Anyway, it's finally sort of settled into becoming a place to house content on people talking about how they live with purpose. When you look at, I mean, there's a thing about mountain climbers, right? That mountain climbers say, why do you climb a mountain? Of course, the answer is because it's there. And that was the not satisfying part to me. So what, what we did was we started asking first friends and then people we were meeting in various ways to give us a 30 second video clip on what they think is living with purpose. And we started looking at why purpose changes for people. You get, you get retired, right? Military is a classic, right? You're out of the military after 20 years and you're 40, you lost your job. You, your job changed, your spouse got sick and now you had to quit your job to become a care partner. All these different things that shift take what you've always had as purpose and tilt it. And so we're creating content to allow people to have the ability to listen to others talk about purpose. So there are right now, it's a small, we're just getting it going. There are 15 or 20 videos, little short clips on purpose. And there are three or four longer projects, you know, four to 10 minutes about people really digging into, um, you know, how they live every day with purpose When you listen to the videos and watch the videos, the most interesting thing is they all say the same thing. When you go listen to it, hopefully this afternoon, you'll see that the common thread 100% is my purpose is to help others. And that's, I kind of thought that was coming, but I didn't really see, expect how powerfully that was going to come through. Every single person is, my purpose is to help others through sport, 
through business, through community, through dance, through whatever it happens to be. And I think it will take you through a little trip on what other people do for purpose. So if you get into this situation where you don't know what to do when you wake up in the morning, or you have to do something that's different than you're used to, and you still need something else, this is an anchor for what people can, what others are doing in terms of finding ways to live with purpose. And the project has been amazing. It's, it's, you know, it's a gentle, low friction project. We keep adding, I keep inviting people, you know, Jen, if you want to do a 30 second clip for us, we'd love to have you. Yeah. Yeah. Be honored. We'll, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. I encourage everybody that, you know, there's no money model on it. There's no business model. It's just a thing. It's, you know, and it's, it's an organic growth project and um, yeah, the Institute of Purpose.org. And if any of your listeners want to participate, they can just shoot me a note through that and we'll set up a quick little call on Zoom or something to record a video. For sure. And I will definitely put all of your information in the show notes. So where can, other than the website, where where else can people find you? Well, that's the best place. Is, either, is it? Okay. Yeah. Just, just contact me through the instituteofpurpose.org website or through utdscubadiving.com website. There's contacts there. They all go to me. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to talk to anybody about scuba, scuba coaching, living with purpose, doing crazy bike rides. Right. Um, I was going to ask, um, do you want to give a shout out to your coach? I have an amazing coach. His name is Ben Sharp. Okay. Um, he, I've been working with him for about coming on two years now after a run of different people. And, you know, I tend to switch coaches once in a while. Yep. As my, I change, my goals yep. change, things like that. But Ben's amazing. Um, you know, he's been coaching world-class athletes for years and years and years. And I'm fortunate to be able to be part of that community. It's challenging on both sides too, because I'm not a professional athlete, many of whom are who he coaches. I'm not a collegiate athlete. And, you know, I'm not 28. Right. <laughs> so it's challenging. It's challenging on a lot of levels for, sure. for both of but us. You, but to me, you have that drive and you have that passion to make it happen. So I am looking forward to watching you uh, do this hour time trial. It's which is what it is. It is. And it's, it is. It'll be it'll be uh, if I can pull it off, it'll be amazing. And if I don't, well, you know, there's a little video on the Institute of Purpose of me talking about this. There's some, there's, you know, I can set it at 80 or 85. And I think somebody set a 105 year old hour record. I think he went like 12 miles. Oh my God. That's so amazing. <laughs> but I no, want that I one too, it. right? I know, right? I want that's that record fantastic. also. If you know me as a triathlon coach, I will ask my athletes to do FTP test, but I always say, if you can get outside and do it, do it. I would rather have you do a full out 40K time trial just to see where you're at because it's uncomfortable. And that really teaches you how to just push hard for that 40K. And, you know, if you, what, what do they say? If you puke before the finish line, you went too hard. If you puke <laughs> after the finish line, you didn't go hard didn't enough. Go but, hard if you, enough. <laughs> but if you puked right at the finish line, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I did finish a triathlon once and I was right at the finish line and, and the guy there looked at me and I swear this is a true story. He was like, water's over here and medical's over there. 
So it's really? like, oh, really? Okay, yeah. that's how bad I look? Yeah, so right. I think I, I did a good job that day. You did a good job. So one final question for you that I yeah, give to all of my uh, guests on here. For somebody that is trying to make their own shift into their own transformation or they're trying to make that change, what one piece of advice would you give somebody to break out of that cocoon and learn how to fly like a beautiful butterfly? I think that I would say to that person, just say yes. Mm. Just be alert to what the universe drops in front of you and say yes to it. Because if you don't say yes, it's a guaranteed no. I mean, we have that about questions. If you don't ask, the answer is a guaranteed no. If you see something show up and it might be fun Best thing to do is just say, yes, try it and see what happens. You know, if someone says, you know, hey, I know this triathlon coach, it might be fun. Why don't you do a little sprint triathlon? It'll just take an hour. And you say, no, it's a guarantee. No. If you say yes, you might fail. You might succeed. You might find something new and you might hate it. It doesn't matter. But the most important thing is to say yes and try stuff and see what sticks. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for all the knowledge and the the knowledge information that you have shared with us from scuba to that uh, that hour time trial to the Institute of Purpose. And uh, thanks for being on the Everyday Healthy Human podcast. Yeah, it's great. Great to be here. Really, really am grateful. Y'all, if you are loving the Everyday Healthy Human podcast. You know where to you know what to do. You know where to find us. Hit that share button, hit that like button, comment. And as I combined my goodbyes from Costa Rica and growing up in Texas, I will say pura vida, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>